Hi, I'm Carson Raymond. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm joined by alumna Hannah Montgomery Bayshuck, class of 2010, and Elliot Lutweiler, a current senior at Darlington. Our chat today brushes over Hannah's Darlington story and then focuses largely on the music industry. Hannah, an A&R executive with Prescription Songs, chats with Elliot, a creative young artist and musician who's keen on pursuing a career in music. Enjoy. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Well, good afternoon, y'all. Thanks for joining me. How are you? Hi, how are you doing? It's so good to be here. Doing great. Elliot, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. We are connecting this afternoon with Miss Hannah Montgomery Bayshuk and Mr. Elliot Lutweiler. Hannah is an alumna from the class of 2010, and we're just thrilled for uh, a, an alumna and a current student to be connecting. We're going to run through a little bit of Hannah's Darlington story and really kind of fast forward to the present. And um, Elliot's got some questions for Hannah specific to the music industry and a little bit about her path. And we're ready and, and excited just to dig in. All right. So, Hannah, um, let's go back to the genesis of your Darlington beginnings. OK, uh, obviously graduated in 2010, to which I already referenced. Um, give us kind of the, 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 the quick and skinny of like, you know, when you started at Darlington, some of your involvement yeah. while you were here and we'll go from yeah. there. So I'm what they call a DAR baby. Uh So I started in pre-K, had such a great experience. I look back at, I think probably the thing I take the most is my relationships with my teachers that I had over the years, whether it's Mm -hmm. no joke from Miss Somerville and Mm Miss Riddle and Mm pre-K to high school and having, you know, Mr. Kinney and Mm -hmm. so many amazing teachers surround us. Um, And yeah, my experience was really formative of where I'm at now. It really Mm -hmm. opened my eyes to the arts. And Mm -hmm. when I was there, um, I was in like anybody who's interested in arts and music and being creative. I think the most obvious route was doing theater and doing chorus and doing Mm -hmm. band. So I Mm -hmm. was in band and played trumpet. I was in Oh, cool. Did chorus with Miss Tanell, and that was really great, but I wasn't very good. Um, I was not a natural. I mean, you can hear my voice. I, I don't <laughs> smoke, but I sound like a smoker. I have a natural, very raspy voice. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I couldn't really find where I fit in because with right. band was fun, but it wasn't how I wanted to express myself. And chorus yeah. was difficult because I couldn't, um, I couldn't maintain uh, singing for multiple days in a row. Like I would just mm-hmm. lose my voice. And I also just couldn't, I was like, I guess I'm an alto. Maybe I'm not a soprano. Like <laughs> I didn't it. know where I fit. And so mm-hmm. during my, um, during my time in high school there, I honestly don't know what year it was. It might've been sophomore year. Okay. Uh, we started this, like, I don't even know what we called it. It was like a string band guitar, little, little group. And it was, okay me with about five to six other people. I think they were all guys and mm-hmm. we were, we played guitar and we learned different. I actually think Haley Weed, who's a graduate my same year joined as well. Yeah. So we all did that and that was really cool. And that was my first entrance into, I guess, more commercial music and what that looked like. And it was really yeah. cool that Darlington, I don't think necessarily had the program 
but they were willing and open saying, how can we provide this? We see this need. We see you guys eager to express yourself in a different way instead of just this theater, you know, instead of just being in a musical uh, every year, in which I never made any lead roles. I was always like the background, background, because I couldn't really, I couldn't really sing and and handle, like I just, my vocals couldn't keep up. So this was a really cool program. It was really cool to see Darlington do that. yeah, I, I take what I learned from Darlington and the discipline mm-hmm. with me today. Well, and, 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 and it sounds like you really had a kind of a, a, a robust snapshot of, of the arts in general, right? It wasn't strictly to necessarily instrumental. It was a little of everything is what I'm Yeah, saying. yeah, so. yeah. And I think it was also, and I think it's always changing. And right now it's, you know, but I, I think it was more just Darlington recognizing how kids express themselves and being open-minded to hearing, okay, so what does that look like for you guys? Because when I was coming up, it was like the era of Taylor Swift and YouTube and MySpace and Colby Calais and people going on the internet, playing music and being able to like express themselves directly to an audience. I mean, it was, it was the start of that. Okay. So you you springboard from Darlington. Um, and before we talk about your next path, your path past and after Darlington, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention kind of your your your, your very um, extensive relationship to the institution, right? Which oh, is totally. So cool. You've got two older sisters who are graduates. Both your your, your mom and dad um, worked at Darlington for many years. Your grandfather's a graduate, right? So yeah, I know it was just a, a community not only here when you were at school, but in your family. Yeah, I think I think something to. I'm most grateful for that, the lineage and the the history mm-hmm. that my family has with Darlington because mm-hmm. their experiences were so positive and they give right. Darlington so much credit for where they are both successful in terms of career, but also success in terms of a life and a family and making That's sure, you know, the older you get, the more you realize where mm-hmm. your equity in your life is put. And they constantly, as I was going to Darlington, I think it's very easy when you're young to not even feel like things are expected, but just you only know what you know. And so they made sure I, my sisters and I really realized the, not only the importance and how grateful we should be to be Mm. able to go to a private school that's really involved and cares about your every day, but also recognize that this is, this is the, the soil and creating the roots mm. to what you're going to, you know, what you're going to flower into. Like it is, it's Absolutely. really the foundation of that. And and it's true. You know, it's like, no, and I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, I remember that math class I took that <laughs> probably didn't do the best, you know, or, or in, in, you know, the theater experiences where no, yeah. I never got the leads, but you don't yeah. have to get the leads to get a good experience. You know, you, you have to, it, it watered that little bud, that little seed. And That's I think cool. my awareness of that. And so I definitely took advantage of it. My parents, yes. um, because of their their own positive experiences at Darlington, allowed me to be conscious of that and continue to be and to give yeah, yes. back. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Hence you chatting with us today, right? Full circle. Yeah, really. You know, because I had those experiences. Exactly. I had... Justin Farmer, who's a TV host in Atlanta, come to Darlington. And like, that was a really exciting person for me to meet, wanting and exploring what entertainment looked like, you know? And and so having those other alumni come back and speak to students and give exposure to 
not so obvious opportunities, you know, because obviously Justin Farmer's opportunity is obvious, yet his mm-hmm. story and journey to get there wasn't. Yeah, I mean that that, that those nuggets. I mean that, that's that's so powerful, Hannah. Um, mm-hmm. when, when when you're talking about you know kind of like the the, the growth and as as you alluded to the yeah the path after Darlington, you're you're a Belmont graduate, so yeah. you're exposed further to music, in particular in Nashville, right? Yeah. Well, maybe mm-hmm. talk me through that, and then kind of like how it parlayed to getting to totally. the western. Well, when I graduated, I graduated from Darlington, I went to Florida State, which I loved. I kind of call it my alma mater. I think that that college experience was really Mm -hmm. important for me. And it was Mm -hmm. something that I really um, needed. Mm -hmm. And it was really, it's still formative in who I am today. Some of my closest friends are from Florida State. And then once everyone started looking and defining their majors, I transferred to Belmont to the songwriting program, which... At the time, that's what I thought I wanted to do. It's all I knew. I knew you could be a manager, a songwriter, an mm-hmm. artist. Like that was about it for mm-hmm. my knowledge of being able to be in the music industry looked like. And once I got to Belmont, I was in the songwriting classes and I started learning what music publishing was. Um, and I immediately dropped out of the songwriting program. I was like, okay. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, within three months, I dropped out of the songwriting program because I was like, look, I'm a wonder, I, I'm a cheerleader. I'm a really great cheerleader and I want to champion and cheerlead songwriters. Mm. I think I have so much respect and love for songwriters. I mean, as a publisher, I look after songwriters. I essentially manage them. I publish them. I walk through their daily lives with them. And mm. I'm, I understand that I'm asking them almost every day to go into a room, a lot of times with strangers, not only mm. pour your heart out, but write something so prolific and significant that it can monetize a decent amount of money. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of, that's a lot of pressure for a songwriter. And so mm-hmm. it also has, you have to have the mindset of knowing that financially it's, it's not necessarily going to be, there's a, there's not a safety net necessarily in it. Like there is a risk, um, mm-hmm. like any creative job of acting or producing or whatever it is. So um, I also knew that, I wanted a little bit more stability and security. Like I recognize that within myself, which is something totally. you do have to relinquish as a creative mm-hmm. to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I went into music publishing and in Nashville, it was mm. such an obvious choice because totally. songwriters are just, I mean, everywhere and it's the really? inundated right. with songwriting and songwriters. Right. So publishing was pretty obvious. And I was able to be on the front lines with writers. I was able to champion their music. And I can get more into what my day-to-day job looks like. But when it comes to Belmont, I had a really great experience there because they were very supportive. I knew I wanted to get a college degree. And Mm -hmm. Belmont allowed me to be in Nashville while also interning. But I will say, anyone listening out there, like Belmont is a private um, university. And it's expensive. And I think there's a lot of other wonderful options in Nashville. Mm. It's not Belmont or bust. If you really want to be in the music industry and you want to be surrounded by it and going to a college or another, you know, SEC school isn't for you. There's a lot of other places that aren't, you know, not going to put you in debt or, you know, I just think there's mainstream. I think there's a lot of other options out there than just Belmont, though. I love Belmont. So anyone listening, Belmont's a great (laughs) school. I just think there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of other opportunity in Nashville um, mm. or in other music schools that you can well, you can exercise. Hannah, you're you're in LA. You've been there. Can you give me kind of that? You know, you left Nashville. Yeah. Been in LA, how long? Yeah. Have you been so Nashville was the most amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate. I ended up interning for a writer named Dallas Davidson, who's mm-hmm. credited with writing "Play It Again" for Luke Bryan. He wrote hits for Lady in the Bellum. He's written hits for, uh, I mean, Jason Aldean, the list goes on and on. He's a massive writer. He's amazing. Yeah. I had a really great experience with him, interned for him. And then eventually ran, he founded a publishing company while I was working for him. And eventually I ran it. I was with him for about five years. Mm-hmm. We signed some great writers, one being this guy named Kyle Fishman, who's a producer who mm-hmm. ended up um, writing a song called Small, Small Town Boy for Dustin Lynch that I was a big part of, which was a really cool experience. Um, And during that process, I started seeing Nashville and L.A. really start making those connections and start working together and being more collaborative. Mm -hmm. And during that, I think there's a big difference between country music and the Nashville writing community. I was starting to Mm -hmm. see the L.A. writing community come to Nashville, and, and I really wanted to be a part of that. And I was offered a job by Prescription Songs, where I'm at now. And they were opening an office, which they now currently have in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so it was a good opportunity. So I, I jumped. Awesome. I saw a really good opportunity to expedite my career and mm-hmm. become a little... I always say, like, I still am so close to the Nashville writing community. I'm going there next week, very close and work very heavily in country music still. But I'm a better asset to Nashville and I can do more for them being in Los Angeles than I could in Nashville. I was able to kind of bring a different perspective and like any subgenre, so maybe Latin music predominantly in Miami, more R&B and hip hop predominantly in Atlanta. You know, it's it's a different language. It'll they all work a little different and it took me a while to speak the language in LA and be able to translate the two between Nashville and LA and so I really like I kind of have my cake and eat it too, but it took a lot of faith and just kind of sink or swim. I jumped in the water to see if I could do it and, and I'm really grateful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I know Elliot has um, a variety of questions that are probably going to get, get a little, dig a little deeper into matters of what you're doing and how, how, how you got there. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to introduce Elliot here in a second. I appreciate all the insights on Darlington and, um, I uh, would, of course, have to mention that uh, this weekend, uh, not to age you, I don't mean to do that, but simply remind you, it's, it's your 10-year, which is one of those. I know. You know double the fight. So not being able to uh, host in, in, in 2020, we're doing, of course, double classes, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah. it's a weekend here on campus. Yeah. Um, and you, you will be missed. Yes. Well, Elliot, let's jump in. I am, as I referenced early on in, in the chat here, joined by Elliot Lutwari, senior here at Burlington. So appreciative of him taking the time out of his academic day to be a part of this. And Elliot is highly involved here on campus and variety of um, really kind of, uh, I'd say, artistic venues from his own singing and songwriting to being involved with the performing arts. So, um, Elliot, thanks for taking the time. And I'm going to I'm going to let y'all kind of run with some questions and answers. And um, Elliot, why don't you just go ahead and jump in with your first question for Hannah? All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Raymond. My first question is, when you were writing songs, what was your process? When I'm writing, I tend to write lyrics and chords at the same times. And I'm just kind of curious to see how maybe other artists and you specifically um, worked with those two factors. 
So I had a really special experience. It's probably my one of the things I'm most grateful for, for my songwriting. My dad taught me how to play guitar, Joe Montgomery, um, who I'm sure many of you listening or, you know, uh, Carson, you know well. Uh, he has always loved playing guitars, always loved music. He grew up in near Gainesville, Georgia, so heavy Tom Petty fan. And when I first wanted to learn to play, I mean, it was the time of Taylor Swift and like I referenced earlier, all these artists that I was inspired by. He was like, look, they're great, but if you want me to teach you, I'm going to teach you Bob Dylan and Jackson Brown and James Taylor. And like for him, his greats and, and real poets. And so not to discredit Taylor Swift or any, because they're poets in their own right too. But for him, that's, that's really where he dug deep. And so he taught me how to play guitar and taught me how to really analyze poetry. And we would do this for hours. And so when I was starting to create my own music, I really looked for imagery and what inspired me. But my dad, a lot of times, would just be playing guitar in a little riff and I would be like, play that again. And it was a mm. lot of a, it was a collaborative process with him. And so he would kind of figure out the chords that, cause I was, my writing was ahead of my playing, uh, which doesn't seem to be your problem. You seem like you're a great guitar player, but I was not, I was very, not to skip around too much, but Dallas Davidson, who I worked for, he had a, his, publishing entity was two chord Georgia music because he was like all you need is two chords and I definitely resonated with that because I knew about three to four chords and wrote most of my songs off of that but my dad would come in and really kind of work through the chords with me and 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 I looked that was a very special time that I look back and I'm really grateful for because it was a really cool bonding experience um but for me in the writing process yeah I kind of just would put a story together write the lyrics and then the chords would kind of struggle and find their way in there. But that was more because I wasn't as, I wish it's, again, it's like speaking a language. I wish I could just, when you want to tell a story, but you don't know how to get it out, mm -hmm. you know, you have to say it if your teacher makes you say it all in Spanish and you're like, ah, this is going to be so good. That's kind of how I, that was the struggle I would go through. And yeah, so that was, that was my process. But I will say Working in music now, I work with songwriters whose process is so different. I have writers who are unbelievable concept writers, and that's what they bring to the room because we do a lot of co-writing, so multiple writers in a room. I have writers who are just prolific lyricists, but they need help with melodies. So I have writers who are really strong at melodies, and they kind of pair it up. So, and same with producers. Producers who are really great at guitar loops versus producers who are really good at beats just on the computer. So I always tell people who are up and coming and writing because a lot of the writers that I first have initial conversations with are writing by themselves, have never co-written or working to beats off YouTube. And I always tell them, I'm like, take the pressure off. You don't have to do this all on your own. Like for you to do this 100% just you, that in itself is impressive that you're writing a song by yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to carry all the weight. Then, you know, and that's what I help do is bring other people in to complement each other. So you can, they can help you bring the story, you know, to fruition. So how would you, if I'm like, I'm writing everything by myself, right? Chords and, yeah. and whatever, if I want to produce a song, like drums and everything else. If I wanted to take some of the pressure off, like you said, how would I do that? Cause I don't have someone here. That's like, Oh, I know a bunch of these writers. I can hook you yeah. up. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously they're like, 
there are more musicians at Darlington. I could ask them, but I don't know if maybe they're the same style as me. And yeah. if, um, that's, if they aren't, that's okay. Obviously, yeah. I just, I don't know. So first and foremost, you're in such a great place that you have the tools and the skill set to record yourself. I mean, the fact that you're learning, you're learning multiple instruments. Is that what you said? Uh, I can sort of play drums and I can play bass if I need to. Okay. So as well as guitar. Yeah. Okay. So 90% of the time when someone says they can sort of play something, they definitely can play it because (laughs) I could probably only sort of play guitar when I was playing. Um, But when I was coming up and writing for me to record a song, I mean, I had to like go to a studio. They had to put it down. The fact that you can even just do a voice memo on your phone is, is a real tool to utilize. Um, For you, my advice would be one, just ask, is anyone interested in working with me or writing or someone who's into poetry? You hear about artists who are, who have caught, like most of their stuff starts with poetry or they, they met someone who, you know, just collaborating your skill sets in general. If there's a great drummer and you want to record them and they can help you piece that together. And then my other advice would be finding other artists that you are inspired by and seeing who else is inspired by them and also chasing that. I mean, the internet can be really scary. So I wouldn't say like dive into the internet and that, but there are a lot of people collaborating with each other through that are finding each other through their other inspirations and stuff like that. Um, The pandemic, one of the silver linings, it's really opened people up to collaborating with other people virtually. You know, I just signed a kid who's 20 years old who is from New York, now lives in LA, but he's sending people beat packs or guitar loops in Miami or Mm. random place in Louisiana, whatever it is, you know? So, you know, so there's a lot of different ways to connect with other people who are making music that you're inspired by. Well, and I connected with Elliot uh, last week, just to kind of talk through, you know, some of the points of this conversation. And I was, Elliot, I'm saying this as a compliment to you. I was so impressed with kind of his thought of trajectory with this pursuit. And he, and and it was particular to college. And he had said, you know, Mr. Raymond, I I don't even know if music is what I would study. He he had said, you know, maybe I'll be an English major. I I mean, it's one of those, it's that whole, like, it's not necessarily a, um, you know, tunnel vision, if you will, specific to one um, aligned path. It was more yeah. like your point. I mean, it's going to extract from different experiences and groups of folks moving forward. Yeah. Which, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine not only you did here in your time on campus, uh, Hannah, but Elliot's doing presently, right, with with his experiences here in yeah. the arts community. Yeah, I would definitely like, again, I would definitely say left songwriting went to mass communication as my major, because it's just not required. You know, if, if it's something you want to be like, I want to get a college degree and I want to be writing every single day, you can do that at Belmont and you can do that somewhere else too. You know, I think that to, to free yourself of that, it's again, it's not music and I got a music business minor, but it's not music business major or bust. Like if you feel that pressure, are you a junior or senior? What are, sorry. You're a senior. So right now you're trying to explore like, do I take this seriously or not? You know, and it's like, oh gosh, like if you want to, the way that I wanted to go to Florida State, if you want that experience, you can still have that experience and really dive in and just be, you just have to have self-discipline. You have to find, when I was at Florida State, I was playing every bar. I was, I was Big Fish Little Pond. Like in, in retrospect, it was probably better 
you know? So there's, there's other opportunities there and you just have to seek them out and you have to make sure that you're being, you're, you're having your own discipline, not to repeat myself. And that's something Darlington teaches you. I mean, you're having to seek out opportunities at Darlington. Like it teaches you to dig deeper for what you want to do. Yeah. And, um, like I'm already writing every day. I, last year I did, uh, I just gave myself a challenge where I would write a song every day for 45 days. Yeah. Um, and I did that last year, I'm doing it this year again, um, I think 30 songs deep right now. And so I think like for me, I, I, since I'm doing like music, like pretty much every day by myself and hopefully when I go to college with like a band, I think that it makes sense for me to be like, maybe do something else non-music oriented because yeah. like I'll be doing that in my own time, you know? Totally. And I also look at, first of all, I love that. And I also think about when we hire people, the amount of people that didn't do anything in music. I mean, if you're going to, if you want to be in music, but also like maybe there's the marketing side, there's the PR side, there's music attorneys. I mean, there's so many professions where you can be at an arm's reach or involved in the creative process. I mean, I know attorneys that represent writers and artists that have nothing to do with music. And I know some attorneys that are completely and totally engulfed and involved. It's what you make that experience, truly. So there's so many different professions. And I think it, it gives you the flexibility that you might wake up one day and realize, you know what? I don't want to play guitar every single day, or maybe I don't, maybe I want writing to be for me. Maybe this is something I love. Maybe you wake up and say, I kind of want health insurance because I'm turning 27 years old and I don't, you know, like I don't, I want a company to pay for it. I mean, those are real things you start thinking about as you get older. And so having a deg- an English degree or a mass comm degree, or it, it does allow you some more flexibility. It also brings I know writers who are psychology majors and that has, they, they, they give that so much credit hmm. to the way they think and they write because it, it inspires a whole different thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually one of the reasons I'm in AP psych. This yeah. year, that's one of the reasons I'm taking it. Yeah. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you this. It already seems like when I talk to writers that I'm potentially signing, cause that's what I do. What I do on a daily basis is they write music. I'm either pitching their music to other labels or I'm helping them get in rooms with artists or I'm helping them connect with other producers, writers. I mean, I've managed their day-to-day creative life. Um, But when I talk to them, I have conversations similar to what you and I would be having about what does that creative process look like for you? And right now it seems like you're writing by yourself and you're putting it all together. And that always tells me the fact that you're taking the initiative to do all that on your own is really impressive. Do you ever go on YouTube or different sites and download beats and write to those or like guitar loops or anything like that? I've thought about it, but I've, I've never done it just cause there's, I don't know, for me, there's something special about like just messing around on guitar until I find something. I love that. So you're starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. What does your process look like? Are you more heavily leaning on guitar and guitar melodies, or are you leaning on lyrics? I don't know. It's probably somewhere in between because it's hard for me, like just because of how like songs are structured, it's hard for me to like write a melody without knowing the key. And it's hard yeah. to write lyrics without knowing the melody because then the lyrics have to fit in the melody. 
Yeah. And then, so I kind of just is like a cycle where I have to have chords that way I can write the melody. So I can write the lyrics the way I can write chords. If you, if you, if I said, I'll put you in a session with somebody, what do you think you would want if they came in? What would you want their strength or expertise would be to help complement you? Melody writing, for sure. There are a couple that I'm like really proud of, but for the most part, I feel like like I've written that a million times or some iteration of it. Mm-hmm. Who who are you inspired by? Who what artists or writers or who came before you? What artists are current that you that you really look up to? My favorite band and the one I probably look up to the most is a band from Maryland that moved to Philly uh, called Modern Baseball. And then one of the guys from there started his own project called Slaughter Beach Dog. It's like like modern baseball is like kind of emo-y, um, pop punk, and then Slaughter Beach Dog's like folk type stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like their lyrics are super smart. Their choruses are like really big and punchy and just nice to listen to and easy to sing with. And I think like the smart lyrics is like the thing that I look up to the most because it's like you're conveying like that you're smart while also being really down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just to kind of give you some perspective on what I do again to open up more like visibility to my day to day. So hearing that, I'm like, okay, cool. So you're really into bands. You're really into thoughtful bands. What we do is I'm like, okay, great. So I have a writer and producer named Nick Bailey. He works a lot with Talking Heads. He works a lot with, I mean, I could like tons of indie bands like that, but he helps them bring a commercial aspect to them, right? So a lot of songs that he writes, I'm like, oh, to be transparent, I'm not really probably music you listen to is that I'm listening to a little bit more commercial, like Adele, I really like Bruno Mars, like I'm listening to more of that. So he's bringing, what he tries to bring when he works with those bands is a little bit more commercial aspect to it, but knowing that that's what you're into, what I would do. So let's just say hypothetically, because this is the answer to a lot of mm-hmm. artists and write, or writers that I talk to or producers, they're like, I love Drake. He's my favorite artist. If I could work with any artist, it'd be Drake. I know that's crazy, but I'm just going to say it. And it's like, okay, cool. I can't promise you I can get in with Drake, but why don't we work with people in the OVO camp? Or why don't we work with people who are working with Party Next Door, who's one of Drake's artists? So trickling it down and understanding. And those are things that I think for you to start looking and thinking about that. It's like, cool, if you can't get in with an artist or a band immediately that you want to do, it's like, how does that trickle down? Do you work with people who are also inspired by them? Maybe you work with people who are working with them. Bands are a little bit tougher because they're usually self-sustaining. But yeah, it's it's just a w- other way of looking at it. Also, I have a lot of artists. I, are you? Do you want to be an artist? Well, is that like just one person? Is that what No, that yeah, that's, I know it's such a tricky question because what is an artist these days? I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it. I mean, more like, would you want to be in a band and kind of pres- like tour and pres- like be a part of an artist group or individual? I think I would definitely want to be a part of a band. Yeah. I've so played the- a, I've played in a band before with guys that graduated uh, two years ago, I think. And that was really fun and some of the most fun I've ever had. Yeah. So I think what's also cool that we're seeing and what I do when I work in the publishing, so I work, though we work with artists, we look after their publishing, their copyright. It's really cool because you see, I'm going to give some bigger examples, like Ryan Tedder, who's a part of the lead singer of One Republic. He's also an amazing writer who's had hits with the Jonas Brothers and 
so many other artists. Then you've got Travis Barker, who's, I think everyone right now, he's very relevant and trendy right now. He's from Blink-182, but he's also writing for Youngblood and Ian Dior and this artist Jaden. So he's, he's another example of someone where you don't have to box yourself in. And that's a lot of what we do. We work with these writers or artists who are part of bands, but they're also writing for other people or they're getting film and TV opportunities. So just to give a little insight to publishing and the way I look at creatives like you, Elliot, that you don't really have to box yourself in. I think a lot of writers and artists come to us and be say like, this is what I want to do. And they feel like it's very linear, but it's not. I don't know if you know, do you know an artist named Lauv? He's a pop artist. He had a song called I Like Me Better um, that went top 10 on, um, on pop radio. He's very widely known. Mm -hmm. And he's a good example of someone who as an artist has, who I look after, who has put a lot of his own music and done very well in his own music. He's had singles with BTS and Troy Sivan and Julia Michaels and more. But then on the writing side, he's had number ones with Demi Lovato and Cheat Codes and, you know, film and TV syncs. Kind of anyone listening to this and you, Elliot, as well, like knowing that I think it's really scary when you think like this is the only option. This is the only way to be creative. And it's just not. Totally. Elliot, what about that technical question that you you had prepared? I love that one. So I'm working on an album right now. I've tried like recording drums and everything sounds good except for the bass drum. Okay. I just can't get it to sound like it's not a toy. So how do you do that? Okay. I'm not going to be the best person to answer this because I am not an engineer. I work a lot with engineers. I wish you could like call a friend or, or what is that? that this wants a millionaire for a friend. Because right, uh, right, I have right. a lot of engineer friends or producer friends that could help you with that. But I think that's where acknowledging that there's something wrong and not being okay with mediocrity. And after this call, I'm happy to truly connect you to one of a producer or an engineer that I'm really close with to kind of help figure that out. And I think that's incredible. Well, I'm not going to try to answer this question because that's not my expertise. It's finding people who can answer it mm-hmm. and digging that further and saying, okay, how do I get this right? How do I. Mm record it right or maybe there's also an opportunity to make the baseline better i don't know right. you know so i think that 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 would be my answer because no which i think is wonderful and you know this y'all is uh, a prime example of darlington connecting right so elliot yeah. you know, with a producer who had worked with uh you know kind of a, yeah. a, a mainstream pop artist I yeah and i think I think too, just to add, this is not unique to Darlington and the fact that I I didn't have, I don't know anywhere that really has a resource to understanding how to get into the music industry because I didn't have that help and I didn't have that resource, but that's because I didn't know the music industry. It's just like any industry. You don't really know. You pretty much just know the baseline, you know, and to really understand and dive deep to see the opportunities that exist underneath. Like I wish I'd known that at a younger age, yet... I'm kind of glad I didn't because what I did learn and experience it, what you're doing right now, Elliot, it's pushing you harder. It's forcing you to probably make a lot of mistakes in order to teach yourself how to do it right. But I want to be a resource to Darlington and anybody else who wants to understand what the music industry looks like and how to get into it. 
and what opportunities exist. Because when I was young, sitting in Rome, Georgia, I'm like, everything was just on my TV. You know, it's like, how do you, I know what I want to do. I can sit in my room and work really hard on it. But how do I get into that television? Like, how do I translate that? How do I make that jump? Because it just seems so foreign and far away. Um, But it's, I wouldn't say easier than you think, but the opportunities are there and they exist. It's just learning how to find them. Well, and uh, I'd imagine he's probably pretty giddy to have had this conversation, right? He's now plugged in with someone who's in the industry, knows the folks. You are uh, certainly a phenomenal conduit. And on behalf of our whole team, and I know we're so appreciative that you've offered, and really the whole community here at Darlington, offered to be a resource. That means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look. It's the age old saying, I can open the door, but I can't walk in for you. You know, I can't mm-hmm. keep, keep the door open. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to be a resource or educating Mike's on my experience of what exists and what's out there. And because there's so much more to this and so many more opportunities that I didn't even get to get into that I wish people understood and knew because I think I stress myself out as a young individual of right. if I don't, if I'm not Taylor Swift, who, who, what am I doing? You know, like, can I, it's either be massive superstar or don't be creative. You might as well just sit at a desk, That's you it. know, so that doesn't, that's not the truth. Well, we were going to get a taste of Elliot's music here. We did in the intro and will in the outro, uh, as he partnered with one of his, his peers here at Darlington. So the ship is already sailing with his music to be out. I love that. Out in the ether, which is wonderful. And um, I'm just so appreciative to have the opportunity to connect with y'all. Again, appreciate you taking the time. And um, Hannah, well wishes out in L.A. Thank you. Between L.A. and Nashville. And, and Elliot, cheers for the, the, the a great remainder of your senior year. It's going to fly by. I can promise you that. So soak in every moment, all right? Once again, thanks all. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks so much to both Hannah and Elliot for being on today's episode. And thanks for tuning in to the Darlington Podcast. Join us each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. Check out today's show notes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast. If you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at darlingtonschool.org slash podcast.